When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! It is a football Thursday here on Birds 365, a full practice Thursday, or so we hope. Uh, for the Macamac guys, uh, John McMullen and Jody McDonald here, John. Birds 365, Johnny Mac, a, another day counting down to the final regular season game, Eagles-Giants. We know it's at stake. We'll certainly break it down for you over the course of the day. Uh, before we do, first chance back at the Novacare Complex for the Eagles to come together as a team after what transpired Monday night in Cincinnati with the uh, almost near tragic incident and injury to DeMar Hamlin. A uh, word out of Cincinnati was that he's showing signs of improvement. Uh, media release by the Bills said that that's the case. Not a lot of details on uh, why that's the case or what's that the, what, what makes it that the case. Um, but any signs of improvement this time, it's got to be good news for absolutely everybody, right? Yeah, no question. I, I especially for the Bills. I, I know uh, uh, they had sort of had a Zoom uh, meeting uh, with a family member to get updates. You know, I am surprised. Uh, typically, in this type of situation, you know, high-profile patients uh, have a lot of updates, doctors speaking, and, and it's been kind of uh, 
a little bit surprising how much little information has has trickled out. But uh, behind the scenes, evidently, uh, pretty good news. Again, you know, it, with all things considered, um, and this is typical from what cardiologists say when you have a, a, a significant cardi, uh, cardiac event, uh, it takes a, a, a little bit of time. Uh, so that part uh, isn't doesn't raise any eyebrows, but uh, yeah, behind the scenes, some some good information, um, and that's the best you can hope for at this standpoint. Uh, as far as the Eagles, you know, everybody went through this all around the league because it's such a big story. Um, but you know, a little surprised at how quickly it was uh, uh, business as usual. To be honest, I, I you know I talk about this all the time. Football players have already made this analysis in their in their heads. Uh, they know how dangerous this game is. They know there's a cost, there's a benefit. And I think when we talk about concussions, it's the problem with concussions is you know twenty year olds think differently than fifty year olds, and you know a twenty year like yeah, I'm gonna go, I'm I'm gonna make a lot of money. This is this is what I can do. There's not a lot of people in their early twenties that can make millions of dollars, uh, in any other industry. So you make that cost benefit analysis. A lot of them don't have families. Then as you get older, you, you have families, you start thinking about other things and, you know, you, you think differently when you're retired. And I, I don't know how you fix that. This was such a, uh, a, you know, whatever adjective you want to use, this was such an out-of-the-norm situation. Uh, I think a lot of players realize that, and, and you know, everybody hopes DeMar gets better, and, you know, but you, you got to move forward. And I think that's been the, the sentiment in most buildings. So when we talked about, you know, would the players group together and say, we're not going to play this weekend? No, that's not really? going to happen. They're going to play this weekend. And I believe that the closeness that you come to a potentially tragic event like this, the more it affects you. Oh, um, yeah. The way the Philadelphia Eagles reacted yesterday, their first team gathering, of course, is going to be different than the Cincinnati Bengals who are on the field with them, and certainly different from the Buffalo Bills, who that's one of their brothers. That's one of their teammates who are in the hospital bed in Cincinnati. So I think it has something to do with uh, how close and proximity – if it was another one o'clock game on Sunday and there were a bunch of games being played at the same time, it would have a lesser effect a little bit more because it was a solo Monday night. Uh, everybody's paying attention to that type game. But if you weren't there, you're not going to be affected the same way that the players who were there uh, were after the fact. And you add to the fact that the Eagles got to see their fallen teammate. Now, not to the degree of uh, uh, certainly DeMar Hamlin, um, but they had a teammate carted off the field on Sunday. And sure enough, he was back at the Novacare complex yesterday um, with Josh Sweat being with his teammates, did not participate. Uh, they list him as quote unquote day to day, which is almost amazing unto itself. Um, but that also is going to hit home and the players are going to react to it. And it's going to affect the way that they think about, you mean, I need to go out on the field on Sunday, as you just stated, most of them are going to go, 
yeah, that's what I do. I'm a football player. And that's, uh, I've already done the cost benefit analysis and this is my livelihood and that's what I'm going to do. It doesn't make them harsh. It doesn't make them hard hearted. It just makes them one of a large group of young men who are willing to take the risks to be able to get the benefits from being an NFL player. Yeah. And I talked to Son Reddick about, you know, Josh and how you do that. And you think about, you know, Josh got hurt early in the game and the Eagles had the bad first drive defensively. And then they responded actually really well and played pretty darn well uh, defensively for the, for the majority of the game. And you wonder, you know, how do you bounce back from that? And how do you refocus? And it was very similar. Son, it's just like, that's, that's what we, we do now. Part of it was on the field, like we don't know at the time. And Nick Sirianni has let us in on this, and and Fletcher Cox and Hassan as well. You know, Josh was talking to people, and he's saying he was all okay. And after things settled down a little bit, and and so they had more information right away. But things are different now and 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 they're very cautious and they're going to err on on the side of caution and and you know when you see somebody um stretch it off and and you see them restricting their mobility as a precautionary measure it's scary for fans and people that don't have information uh but you know Josh was 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 communicating with some of the guys and, and, and Nick Sirianni. So they had a good feeling it wasn't going to be terrible. So everything is, and now we know with DeMar Hamlin, everything is scaled. Um, you know, he's fighting for his life versus, you know, uh, God forbid there's been far too many spinal injuries in, in football at every level. And that's part of the, the, the violence of this sport. But one of the things with Hamlin's created it because remember, I always say this, Jody. You know, when ESPN is doing something or 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 Fox Sports, you know, that's one thing. When CNN shows up and ABC News and MSNBC and Fox News show up, then it becomes this massive story that has all these uh, tangles and political variations and all that kind of stuff. And one of the things with football is obviously violence and football. Now football is a violent sport. I think we can all agree with that, but this was not out of the order. This was not violence. This was not, this is a hit. You see, I shouldn't say because every hit is violent, but in that structure, this was not an out of the norm. Um, I'm hit by NFL standards. You see, hits that gets gets flagged, that cause concussions. Everybody was upset about Tua earlier in the season, uh, having what they feel is an undiagnosed concussion. It's still undiagnosed because it never got diagnosed as a concussion, but people believe it was a concussion. And perception overtakes reality. And, and people assume, oh, a player – a 24-year-old player had a cardiac event on the NFL field. What a violent sport. It wasn't that. No. It, wasn't, it wasn't that. And it's something that uh, hopefully those who don't understand and or, as you say, the CNNs, the Fox News, you get a news reporter come in, 
who doesn't understand the game and the way that it's played, and they're going to jump to some incorrect conclusions, which is tremendously unfortunate. But uh, the good news was that at least as per the report by the Bills, the Bills were the biggest disseminator of information yesterday, that certain of his signs are improving. Uh, that's the only new news, as you noted there. It's It's not been as chock full of news updates as uh, you would have expected. Uh, 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 we'll take anything we can get. As long as the news is good, that's good news. And unfortunately uh, for a lot of us, yeah, we got to go with the flow and we have to do what we do and talk football because that's what we do here on Birds 365. So uh, we are not forgetting about tomorrow. Emily. We're not putting them aside. We're just adding Eagles information in their upcoming game against the Giants here. And uh, we thank you for streaming in. Um, we, we weren't not going to talk about it, but we're also not going to spend the entire two hours uh, talking about it today. It just makes it difficult because in a lesser comparison, we've got Eagle injury news to deal with, and it seems minuscule. It's big in the, the context of the Eagles versus Giants, but no life-threatening situations with the Eagles. They did activate three players yesterday, activated, started their practice window. Um, we thought only one of which was going to be a contributor, but maybe it could be more than that. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson's practice window open. Um, Brett Toth's practice window up. Is Brett Toth still on the team? Uh, sorry, yeah. don't, don't mean to joke, but Come on. Uh, he has been so far out of our consciousness. Um, and he's coming back. And Robert Quinn as well who might actually be a guy who does get act. I thought that there was a good chance we'd seen the last of Robert Quinn on the field for the Philadelphia Eagles, but we didn't know Josh White was going to get hurt in the next to last game of the season. All three of those guys had their practice window, which yesterday was a walkthrough window activated. Um, uh, what, what do you think the potential contributions are from these three players, either this week against the Giants and or come playoff time? Um, well, CJ is number one, and, and that's a big one, and that's an indication that they expect to get him back for the playoffs. I wouldn't I wouldn't expect uh, CJ for uh, the Giants game. You never know. I mean, you can always activate guys. It's been a, a, a long time, though. Um, so I think they want to get him back in practice, and I think the focus was always on uh, the postseason um, more than, you know, rushing him back for the regular season. So you have this, you know, 21-day practice window. You don't have to activate people off injured reserve. You can take the full amount of time. You can take 14 days. You can take 13 days. Um, so I don't think um, he's going to be in the mix for the Giants, but I think it's a very big deal for the postseason. Um, and, and, and that's number one. As you mentioned with Robert Quinn, yeah, I mean, I think that's uh, directly related to, to Josh Sweat, and, and hopefully day-to-day -day means day-to-day. -day. Again, I wouldn't expect to see him against the Giants, and but hopefully Josh can make it back for the playoffs. He certainly thinks he's going to be back for the playoffs. And you need an extra body at defensive ends. Uh, and, and, and Robert, if he's healthy, you know, and he had that knee scoped. So it was, it was legitimate, you know, uh, anytime, you know, I was the person who said, Oh, you know, they have too many bodies on the defensive line. Maybe they're playing a little bit fast and loose uh, and, and, and putting Robert Quinn on injured reserve, but he did get the knee scoped. So, 
Uh, it was a little legitimate injury, but obviously, you know, somebody's been, been playing as long as Robert Quinn. You, you always have things wrong with you, and maybe they just took advantage of it that way to get it fixed. And uh, maybe, who knows, maybe he can contribute. He's been a good player in the past. With Toth, I think it's more of, you know, you're at the end of the season. He's He's been ready to go from a physical standpoint for a long time. Uh, you know, he tore his ACL in week 18 last year. Um, and the Eagles didn't want to lose him. They like him as a player, but they didn't have a spot with the depth uh, they have on the offensive line right now. So they just kept him off to the side. Now that the season is ending, they can get him in practice. He can work with the team. But I don't think it's relevant to, um, you know, being activated or, or, or being a contributor or anything of that nature. Now, that could change, too. I mean, Lane is – we know Lane's situation. He's going to try to play through it, but can he play through it? Now, the Eagles still have Jack Driscoll and Andre Dillard, and, and those guys are the ones who are mean in the mix. Breath's – Brett is very versatile, but right now they don't need another body. So I think it's just about getting him some work uh, before the end of the season. Uh, and he can now get back into practice. So I, I don't think that's as relevant to, to the roster as the other two. Um, and then you have the just the Jalen Hurts, obviously. Very good sign. He was limited. Um, and, and the reason why is because – Wednesday's install day. So, you know, that's when you install the game plan. Uh, so the fact that this is the first time he's done any work during install day, so to speak. Um, so that's a very good sign. I think we'll have a very clear picture today, as I mentioned, if Jalen's going to play or not, um, unless the Eagles kick us out of practice. Uh, before the ball security drills, which is always a possibility with this team. Uh, but typically they don't do that. Um, so I think we're going to get a very good indication on whether he's going to play uh, today. Um, and any other injuries I missed of interest? No, we, the most important one, as you said, is the Jalen Hurts one. And he was. it was reported that he took first-team reps in the walkthrough. Are there really first? It's a walkthrough. Uh, uh, what does first team uh, reps in a walkthrough mean? Yeah, I think I, I think it's more of you know he was involved with the install, as I said, um, and that's that's significant. You know, basically where that comes from is, is probably you know when you see Eagles source, it probably means an Eagles player. Um, you know, whispered it and and. You know, to their mind, he's first out there working on installs. So that's probably what that what they mean by that. Well, whatever it is, it's good news. Again, we take what good news we can get in whatever shape or form. And the fact that it is trending in the direction of Jalen Hurts being ready to go and ready to start against the Giants, I got to believe is good news as far as Eagle fans are concerned. We appreciate you Eagle fans streaming in with us here on Birds 365. You got John McMullen and Jody McDonald here. We will add a third voice. He's a familiar one, jumps on with us all the time. Uh, Martin Frank from the Delaware News Journal going to join us next here on Birds 365.
Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Number one, Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown is rolling back prices for a December to remember. For a limited time, you can own, not lease, brand new 2023 Jeep Wranglers for only $39.95 or $339 per month. New Rams starting at only $39.95 or new Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cabs $189 per month. Zero down can deliver. Get the price you want, the selection you need, and the VIP treatment you deserve. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, big finish sales event. that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. With Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. John McMullen, I'm Jenny McDonald. We are Birds 365, and we get a chance to talk to some of the best Eagle beat reporters in town, and certainly that's the case again today. Joining us is Martin Frank from the Delaware News Journal and uh, a guy who's jumped on with us plenty during the year. So here's where I want to start, Martin. Mm-hmm. We started doing a show a year and two-thirds ago, somewhere thereabouts, our 450th episode here today. And uh, you've 450, been Martin. Ooh, 450. Wow. Nice round number for our Martin yeah. Frank appearance. Now, you've been on with us plenty of years. We, we, plenty of times. We know what the Eagles did last year. Surprised to make the playoffs. 
Um, they get handled easily by Tampa Bay, come back more legitimate contender coming into the year, and they run out to a 13 and one record. And then they lost the last two games. You guys get a grasp on this. Those of us who don't attend practice, don't go there every single day, don't. So we lean on guys like you. What do you think the vibe is around the Eagles right now? Because it ebbs, it flows, it goes up, it goes down. Yeah. Uh, we've, we've, you've been watching it for years. You covered team for years before um, Birds 365 started. But we always look at things through our own light of how long we've been doing a show. How would you describe the vibe with everything that's transpired about the Philadelphia Eagles this year going into Sunday's game against the Giants? Yeah, um, actually, there's a quote from A.J. Brown just yesterday in practice uh, when he, he was asked about that. He said, I'm pissed off. And I think a lot of players are. I mean, because they have to play in a game that should have been meaningless. I mean, you know, they this should be – you know, they should have already clinched the top spot. They should have already clinched the NFC East championship. I mean, division title. So they should be going into this, like resting their starters, maybe getting, you know, treating it like a preseason game, maybe getting a guy like Jalen Hurts and uh, Miles Sanders, AJ, Devontae Smith, like, you know, a series or two, you know, maybe play the first quarter come out of the game, watch the backups play, kind of laugh, you know, take it easy on the sidelines. And instead they have to play and they have to win. I mean, there's such a huge difference between going into the playoffs as the number one seed with a bye week and home field advantage for two games going to the Super Bowl, as opposed to, you know, losing this game, having Dallas win the NFC East if Dallas wins. And then you're the wild card team, and hey, you have to play Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the road again for the second straight year. And yeah. you know what? Brady's still pretty good. <laughs> they still got a pretty good yeah, team. Yeah, we've seen there. that movie. Could you imagine? Yeah. You know, even if they played well and they were up, say, 16 10 in the fourth quarter, and Brady gets the football late, uh, yes. there's going to be some hearts and throats. But, uh, I, I I do think you're right, but the irony of, of week 18, Martin, is the Giants don't have to play, <laughs> similar no, to the worried. Eagles last season. Um, I don't think they're going to play to win the football game. Um, now, you know, Brian Dayball could have autonomy. Who knows? He might be competitive. Uh, but it certainly seems trending out of New York, the stories is that the Giants are going to handle it like you just said. Um, you know, maybe the starters are out there for a couple uh, series, and then at least the key players move them down. You got to play, uh, sit them down. You got to play some, obviously. And if that's the case, the Eagles should be fine. But while I say that, shouldn't the Eagles be fine anyway? Uh, especially if Jalen Hurts is back. They beat this team. What was it, forty-eight to twenty-two? The talent mm -hmm. differential is huge. Um, two games with Gardner Win Minshew affects the psyche that much of Philadelphia. I mean, this team was 13 and one with the quarterback. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Um, you know, they're a good team. They, like you said, people, you know, the last two weeks have kind of made everyone forget that they were 13 and one, you know, just two and a half weeks ago and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, they should beat the Giants. Um, there shouldn't be any problem. But, like, you know, these doubts start creeping in and, you know, they have to play a must-win game technically, which is probably, like, 
their first must-win game of the season, you know, all things considered. And, you know, it's you, crazy things happen in this game. I mean, you know, we've seen it. We've seen it before. We've seen it often. Like, you know, a team that has no chance of winning somehow, like everything goes yeah. right. You know, and, and the one thing, you know, by playing all these guys on Sunday is you run the risk of injury. I mean, you know, it's kind of been happening to the Eagles lately. I mean, they still don't have Lane Johnson. Um, probably not going to have Avante Maddox back. You know, Josh Sweat you know, suffered a pretty uh, scary injury on Sunday. I mean, it doesn't look like he's going to be able to play. So, you know, you want to get your guys healthy. You don't want to, like, run them, you know, run the risk of, like, getting more guys hurt. And, you know, that that could happen Sunday as well, too. I think there's a lot of kind of nervous energy. But, like you said, they should beat the Giants. And if they do, um, you know, beat the Giants pretty handily, then, you know, everything will go back to normal and, the Super Bowl train will be running again like it has been for most of the year. On schedule, yeah. Martin, I want to follow up on something you said. I like the way you said it. This is the first must-win game for the Eagles season. All right, the first game of the season. Must-win, no, it wasn't. Or the second one, they won. Or the third one. You're right. This is the first must-win game of the season. So logically, a pressure comes with that. Should we be nervous about the fact, not that the Eagles can't withstand pressure, but they've gone 17 weeks without it. (laughs) An entire year since uh, Tom Brady walked off the field after they've been. When was the last time they played the must-win game? Yeah, down in Tampa last year. That's a long time and a lot of changes. So if this is the first time as a group they face a must-win situation and the pressure that accompanies it, should we be worried about it from an Eagles standpoint? Um. I don't think so. I, I think they can hand. I think they can handle business. I mean, I think like what these last two weeks have done in a lot of ways is kind of like shock these guys back into reality, saying, you know, we can't be on cruise control. We have to, you know, we have to buckle down. We have to treat this like a playoff game. Um, you know, James Bradbury was saying yesterday that you know two weeks ago when they were thirteen and one, they kind of looked at it and like you know they probably looked too far ahead and you know, maybe they kind of took their next couple games lightly. They thought they could just show up on the field, even with Gardner Minshew and, you know, if not beat the Cowboys and definitely beat the Saints and, you know, not have to worry about anything. So, you know, this kind of shocked them a little bit into reality saying, all right, we got to buckle town. If we're going to make this playoff run, we have to win this game. You know, we have to focus on the Giants, get this win. You know, because they've been playing like that most of the year, like, you know, taking their opponents, just worrying about the upcoming opponents and pretty much blowing them out. I mean, they haven't really had too many close games up until the last three or four weeks. So, you know, I I think I think this kind of shocks them a little bit back into reality. And, you know, I think they'll be okay. And there are some good news on the injury front yesterday, Martin. You mentioned the bad news with Avante, and obviously Lane Johnson's not going to be back until the playoffs as he tries to play through the core muscle injury, Josh Sweat. Uh, we all know the scary situation. Uh, Jalen Hurts, first and foremost, uh, he's at install day for the first time, so that's a, a very positive development, uh, number one. And I think we'll get a clearer view today if he goes through those ball security drills. I think he's playing. Hmm. Um, Unless they kick us out. They might kick us out, Martin. Um, 
And then you had three players they started the practice window on. Uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, most notably, but also Robert Quinn and Brett uh, Toth. Um, you don't think CJ's playing for this game. This is about the playoffs, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I mean, I think there's a chance Robert Quinn's going to play. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, Josh Sweat doesn't look like he's going to play, and, and they're kind of – you know, they kind of need some depth there on at defensive end. So I think out of the three, uh, the more likely um, guy to play would be Robert Quinn. Uh, Chauncey, you know, he's been out for a while. And um, as Nick Sirianni was saying the other day, I mean, it's it's an injury where you pretty much just have to shut it down and rest. So, you know, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson needs the time to ramp back up in the game shape and everything like that. Um, so... I would think he's probably not going to play right away. I mean, they could obviously use him with Devontae Maddox being out. You know, you got Reed Blankenship at safety. You got Josiah Scott at the nickel spot. So, you know, they can obviously, and Kayvon Wallace obviously is the backup, but it's, you know, not ideal. But then again, you know, for this game, you're going against the Giants who even when they're playing everybody to win, you know, their passing game isn't the strongest. You got to stop. Saquon Barkley and you got to stop Daniel Jones from running and then, you know, force them to throw. So I think they could get by this game, obviously, without Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, you know, but obviously, you know, and then getting that bye week, you know, gives Chauncey even another week to get back. So I think, uh, I think that's what I think they're getting ready, him ready for the playoffs. I think Robert Quinn, you know, can probably play, um, right away if if they need them and i think they're gonna need them all right i'm gonna go out on a limb here martin and predict that jalen hurts when he starts sunday against the giants will not run the football as often as he did in that last game that he played against the bears what was it 17 uh, rushing attempts yeah that's got no chance nick, no nick will tell you only two designed and shane will tell you six <laughs> <laughs> understood well, understood the disparity and how it can be yeah. judged um go, go with uh, even if we go with shane's number of six and subtract the uh sneaks and the kneel downs and everything else um the, he's gonna run it less how much less do the eagles scheme differently in a game that, that yeah they need to win it the stakes are pretty high but even if they lose, they're still going to the playoffs and they're going to need Jalen Hurts for that game. How does Jalen's return from injury sneak his way into the play calling of the game on Sunday against the Giants? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I mean, it's not going to be zero. I mean, he has to run because that's what makes him Jalen Hurts. And the Giants would be able to kind of flesh that out pretty quickly if they see he's not even trying to run, you know, then they'll just clamp down on the receivers and everything like that. And, you know, so, I mean, I don't think they would play him if they didn't think he couldn't run at all. So, I mean, I would say like, I would say you'd get at least maybe eight to 10 running attempts, you know, whether it's scrambling out of the pocket, if, you know, while, you know, trying to escape a sack, um, you know, there might be a couple design runs in there, maybe two or three, maybe more read option type of things where instead of, you know, his natural reaction would be to keep it, maybe he hands it off to Miles Sanders or tries a, a short pass. But, 
you know, he can't just be a drop back, sit in the pocket type of quarterback because that takes away all the superpowers, so to speak. So, you know, he's going to run. I mean, it's not going to be 17, but it could be like 10, 9, 10, 11, something in that range. Yeah, the superpower aspect. The, the super healing hasn't come to fruition. <laughs> Finally kicking in to... this week, uh, or yeah. so we believe. Yeah, well, then think about, like, Think about us, it would take us like much longer, yeah. Well, much faster than we do. Two to three years, it's, it's yeah. shocking that a, a two to three week injury has taken two to three weeks. Uh, it's funny how that works with uh NFL players, but not an insult to Jalen. Obviously, that's another injury, it has to heal. You mentioned, mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of guys, Dallas Goddard, the same way, he felt like he could play basically. Didn't think he could be put, should have been put on injured reserve, but he had a broken, a small fracture and it's got to heal. So I I do think there's that aspect to it. But, you know, when these guys come back and I want to get in the weeds on the roster with you, not Jalen because he's never been on injured reserve, uh, but they have to make some moves. They have to make some roster moves if they bring players back, Uh, you know, you bring up the point Quinn is most likely this week. Um, they got to create a spot for him. Chauncey mm-hmm. down the road. Uh, I don't think Brett Toth is, I think that's just about getting him some work, uh, you know, late in the season, but we'll yeah. see with Lane's uh, issues as well. How do you create these spots? One thing, you know, people say Martin is Brett Kern, the punter. You know, he's out of elevations. You got to create a roster spot for him. Now, I've heard the theory that just cut him. He hasn't been great. Sign another punter to the practice Mm -hmm. squad. But they would have done that by Wednesday. So they got to create a spot for Brett Kern as well. That's a great point. What do you think they do? Yeah. um, Well, I mean, the one thing they could do, I mean, if they don't think Avante Maddox is going to come back, you know, Put him on IR. That's one spot. Um, there are a couple guys. Let, let, me, you know, let me interrupt for a second because you guys yeah. know this better than we do. Putting Avante Maddox on IR. I know in baseball, this kind of tips the hand of me being a more of a baseball guy than a football guy. You can put guys retroactively on the disabled list. If you miss like three games, you can put them on the, the, the 10 day and those three days that you didn't play count. Right. And then you come back seven days later. Can you put guys retroactively on IR? Or if they make that decision on Maddox, he's out for the next four games. He's out for four games. Pretty much out for the year. I mean, that takes you through the Super Bowl. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, they could have done it last week, but, you know, maybe they just wanted to wait. And, you know, because even if they did it last week, he's probably out until the Super Bowl anyway. Um, So, you know, I, I mean, that's that's one option. I mean, it doesn't seem like his – I mean, it does seem like his injury is a pretty serious one. Um, I don't know if he'd be back in the next couple of weeks. You know, everyone's talking, oh, yeah, he'll be back for the playoffs. But, I mean, that's not guaranteed. Um, yeah, that's a possibility. I mean, they, they do get Chauncey Gardner-Johnson back, you know, whether it's – you know, it's probably not this Sunday, but at least in the playoffs. So, you know. That might be that might be one one option. I mean, you know, you can 
you can take your chances, you know, on a guy like, let's say, running back Trey Sermon, you know, cut him and sign him back to the practice squad. Hope nobody else takes him. I mean, there are a couple other guys like that. Um, you know, you can possibly hope that get to your practice squad and stuff like that. So right, they're going to have to take I'm, I'm, I'm Mr. Interrupter here. You're making good points, Martin, so I want to kind of slide off them. If they cut Trey Sermon, would it just be a given they'd re-sign him? Or would he be like, hey, wait a minute, you right before you didn't give me a chance to play, and now you cut me? Or do you think he'd go shopping for another team? It's a very viable answer, but um yeah. how do you think it would play out? Well, yeah, I mean he could go shopping and you know, another team I mean, another team can just you know, claim him off waivers and sign him to their 53-man roster, and he's on the roster. He doesn't have to worry about going back to the practice squad, you know, which is a cut and pay also. I mean, I'm not sure he would want that either. Yeah. It's, it's a risk. I mean, you know. Yeah, um, the waivers part is the risk because you can't control somebody else picking him up on waivers. Generally, you know, the luxury Howie has is it calling somebody in his office explaining, look, we, we need the roster spot. We want you back. We love you. Love them up. We'll put you on the practice squad. you got a futures deal. You're going to get a chance. And, oh, by the way, you might get a Super Bowl ring as well. So mm -hmm. you can sell it that way. But you can't control if somebody picks up. So that's yeah. where the risk is, the waivers. Somebody needs a body, and everybody has so many injuries. And they say, oh, player from the Eagles, that's a pretty good team, is on waivers late in the season. I need – could be Janarius Robinson. I need an edge rusher. Could be Sue Opeta. I need an offensive lineman. Could be Trey Sermon. I need a running back. That's sort of the risk. I think Howie will make it very clear to whoever they need to juggle what the Eagles want to do, and they can push. That Super Bowl ring is a big carrot, so to speak, so – Right. The and waivers also, part is the concern. Yeah, and also if you're if you're Trey Sermon, I mean, you know Miles Sanders is a free agent. You know Boston Scott probably, you know, good chance might not be coming back. So even if Sanders is back, you know, you can slide into that Boston Scott type of role. You know, he's been with the team all year. You know, they like him. Um, they think he might have a future. So, you know. It's possible, but yeah, like John was saying, it's a great point. Like, you know, if somebody claims them off waivers, um, now chances are you're looking at what 14 playoff teams. I mean, you know, unless one of the other teams that's out of the playoffs, you know, I mean, I don't think they can claim them, right? No, they're, they're, they're already on futures deals type things, so they yeah, exactly. Be, yeah. So, so the uh playoff teams that are now 14 instead of 32 you know, who could claim you. Um, and we already know the 49ers gave up on them. So that's probably one of them that won't. So, and then the Eagles. So now you're down to 12 teams. I mean, <laughs> maybe it's a risk worth taking. Yeah. It's a good point. Martin doing math. I love it. <laughs> All right, Martin. Too. So you got the Giants coming up on Saturday. We don't know. We're going to have Pat Leonard on uh, next hour who covers the Giants for the New York Daily News. Uh, Dayball has played his cards close to the vest as well he should. Um, do you think we'll know before the game starts? 
we're we're here in Philadelphia. We're always reading the tea leaves. Ooh, Jalen Hurts uh, was uh, on install day, so that means he's going to play. There are little hints you can pick up on uh, leading up to a game as to how the game is going to be handled. If there's a question of how it's going to be handled for the coach, uh, when do you think we'll have a pretty damn good grasp as to when what the Giants are planning as far as playing and or wrestling players come Sunday? Um, I, I think we already know. I mean, <laughs> it, it would be kind of foolish for Brian Dable to, um, you know, play all his starters and play to win a game when they have to play the very next week on the road, probably either Minnesota or, um, or you know, San Francisco or Dallas or even here. I mean, you know, why would you do that? I mean, you know, Nick Sirianni kind of laid the blueprint for that last year going into that last game against Dallas. I mean, all those guys pretty much sat out or if they played, they played very little. I mean, Kelsey started the game just to keep a streak going and then he got, he got out of there. So yes, Jason I mean, will play, uh, you know, oh, yeah, even exactly. if this game was meaningless, he would have played. He would. He would. Bro. Yes, absolutely. Two um, snaps. So, yeah, I mean, Brian, like this is the only chance that that Brian Dable gets to rest his players going into the playoffs. Um, they don't get the bye week. There's no chance for that. They have to go on the road. They need Saquon Barkley at 100. percent They need Daniel Jones at 100. Um, percent So I would think, you know, there's no way he's going to risk them, risk them trying to win a game that doesn't mean anything because they're going to be number six. And, you know, the number six seed, whether they win or lose. So I, I, I think we pretty much already know the answer. I mean, yeah. maybe those guys. I, I, let me let me play devil's advocate. And okay. I'm I'm say, stating devil's advocate because I don't really believe it or agree with it. But it, it it is historical fact. The year that the Giants beat the undefeated Patriots in the Super Bowl last week of the season, the Giants had nowhere to go. They were locked into their playoff spot. And Tom Coughlin says, Damn straight, we're going to go out there and try and knock them out from the ranks of the undefeated. And they played them really tough. They just lost at the end. And then they caught them again in February in that Super Bowl. And, oh, by the way, they that's when they beat the undefeated Patriots. So there is historical precedent significantly removed from it now in a different situation with a different coach. Yeah. But th there is a, a line of thinking that, hey, you got to keep going. You got to keep your momentum going. You can't take your foot off the gas and you don't want to go stop and start heading into the playoffs. You think there's no chance Brian Dayball goes down that road? No. And and one, one thing is because there's now an extra game. So this is actually the 17th game as opposed to in the past, it was 16 games. Not that they, you know, Tom Coughlin cared about that or anything like that. I mean, if they played 20 games, he'd yeah, still he, play he the same way. Exactly. By the way, I, you know, I think Brian Dayball, but we're up to him. He played. But, you know, it's not up to him. I think things have changed. Yeah. You know, after he clinched the playoffs against the guy, he was all fired up. Yeah, we're going to play. We're going to play. The next day, Joe Shane, uh, you know, whispered in his ear, yo, settle down, Brian. We're not, <laughs> not going to play. So yeah. I think that's part of it as well, just the change in the sport as a whole. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's, it's different now. Like, you know, plus you got the extra game. I mean, it was kind of funny because – you know, Fletcher Cox was asked about like if he, you know, if he kind of if the situation the Eagles in is kind of a good thing because now they have to play, you know, a, a meaningful game, you know, heading into the playoffs, build momentum. And he just laughed. He said, 
how many games do we play now? 17. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, it's, I, it's... I, I, now everybody points back. I like to point this out, Martin. Everybody points back to the Eagles last year. The COVID rules were still in effect and they manipulated mm-hmm. those things to the hilt. Uh, mm-hmm. The yeah. Eagles claim it was all up and up, but yeah, I don't believe the Eagles. Every So they manipulated the sniffles into inactivating 12 different players. Yeah. And then last year, they could elevate 12 off the practice. Well, you can't do that this year. That's out yeah, the window. Yeah. Uh, so you got to play somebody. You got to right. play some players. But the key players, Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, Dexter Lawrence, uh, maybe Kayvon Thibodeau, Xavier McKinney's back. He's a good player. Those guys are probably going to be, you know, maybe they play a series, maybe they play two series, and then you go to bubble wrap. But certain guys have to play. I mean, it's it's yeah. not the preseason. You don't have 90 bodies. You only have the game day roster, plus you can elevate two players. So some guys got to play. So yeah, it, yeah. The, the Eagles are, I'm saying, the Eagles got to play. I mean, there's nothing they can do. They put themselves in this position. They got to play. Yeah. I mean, the the ideal situation for the Eagles is, you know, you just blow them out early. You have like maybe a 28 to three halftime lead. You bring like Hertz and the starters back for the third quarter. You score a touchdown on the opening drive. And then you get those guys out of there. I mean, that's the ideal scenario for the Eagles. I mean, if it doesn't happen, then those guys got to play into the fourth quarter. But ideally, the Eagles want to get out to a big lead. They want to blow the Giants out. And if the Giants, you know, get Barkley and Jones and, you know, some of those other guys out by, you know, the end of the first quarter and they take advantage of them in the second quarter, which is, you know, always been their strong quarter this season, like they've I think they've scored like over 200 points in the second quarter. So, you know, build a big lead going into halftime, take that opening drive of the third quarter, get another touchdown, and then get those guys out of there. So, I mean, that that would be the ideal scenario for the Eagles. Whether or not it plays out, we'll find out. But, um, you know, if they can get even a quarter of rest for, for Hertz and Sanders and Kelsey and, you know, guys like that, I think they'd be pretty happy with that. All right, Martin, need your take on something else going to go down on Sunday besides Eagles and the Giants. We know Eagles win. They lock up everything. Took them longer than it should have, but they get everything that they uh, wanted as per three weeks ago. Or the Dallas Cowboys could lose, and then at least they get the division. San Francisco could steal the number one seed. At least the Eagles would be number two if they win and the Cow- if they lose and the Cowboys lose. How much faith you got in Sam Howell? leading the commanders to a victory <laughs> over the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday. I don't have any faith whatsoever. I'd be a zero on, on Sammy Howell. You're going to get a text from Kratz. Ed Kratz is the <laughs> Delaware Valley's biggest Sam Howell fan. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the better way to frame that, Jody, do you have more confidence in Sam Howell or Carson Wentz? Now, that's an interesting conversation. <laughs> well, no, no, no. Don't leave my guy Taylor Heineke well, out of it. He's Taylor still Heineke. on the roster. Uh, it's not that I don't have any confidence in Sam Howell. I just kind of get the feeling that Micah Parsons will be introducing himself early and often to Sam Howell, and that won't go very well for the yeah. uh, fighting oh, by, by the way, 
it Mike got you sure Michael Parsons still plays for the Cowboys? Because he hadn't done diddly squat since he ran his mouth about Jalen Hurts. He hadn't done yeah. much for the Cowboys at all. The uh, potential defensive player of the year kind of been a disappearing act be a, the last you know, couple of games. I'm, it, yeah, but like guys like that, I mean, he he can smell blood in the water. He knows he's going up against a team that you know just going through the motions. He can rack up like two or three sacks and right get get right back into the defensive player of the year. Comp, you know, not happen. Go after Hassan. Now, Nick, Nick Bosa's you know, got that thing locked up. This could be this could be like a two or three sack game for Micah Parsons. I think, I think he's going to bring it because he sees a weak offensive line, a team that's like in total turmoil and chaos, yeah. and a rookie quarterback. He's I think he smells blood. I think I'm not saying that makes him a great player. I'm just saying that you know he yeah. knows how to take it. Eagles fans of- better be careful. They're going to go viral with the disrespect for Micah Parsons, and he's going to show up on the divisional round, and you know. You watch. He'll have a big game against the Commanders. Yeah. Last three weeks, six tackles, one meaningless sack. That's all I'm saying. He he, he chose to try and minimize the season that Jalen Hurts has had, and then all of a sudden he's he's just one of the Cowboys. If you're right, and he shows up and has four sacks this week, I'm going to have to give you credit, Martin, but uh, I'm just noting that he hadn't done all of a lot since he ran his mouth. Uh, at M Frank NFL, follow Martin on Twitter, read him, uh, DelawareOnline.com. Well, I'll leave you there because I need to get your, your prediction, not for the game. Uh, we, we know how the game's going to go. Um, do we? I, I do. Uh, okay. I'm, right. I'm confident. I'm confident in the game. Well, as long as Jalen Hurts plays. Yeah. Odds, Jalen Hurts plays, Martin Frank. Give me a number. Like, uh, um, 100%. 100%. 100%. You're going 100. Then right. I'm going like 100, 100% Eagles win then. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, will will, will he be will he be starting or will he be coming off the bench? <laughs> With my wacky, <laughs> wacky idea from last year, last week, that didn't materialize. No chance of happening this week either, huh? Uh, I, think, no. I think the uh, kind of left the building. Uh, understood. Martin, great stuff. Thanks for hopping on. Uh, we appreciate it. You know, we're going to have you on during the playoffs, too. Thanks for doing it with us today. All right. Always a pleasure. Take it, take care, and uh, see you soon. You will Thanks, see uh, John at the game on Sunday. Uh, you will see me back there on Birds 365 come playoff time. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, we didn't get Ed Kratz on uh, this week. We'll certainly have Eddie on le- uh, next week. Um, he is the biggest Sam Howell fan on the planet. Uh, you like you know, Sam Howell. But, you know, I, hey, Washington, it would have been crazy to start anybody but Sam Howe this week after they got eliminated. Now, we talked about Ron Rivera not knowing he could get eliminated. I think he made two mistakes, right? I think he shouldn't have went back to Carson Wentz. He should have Bigger kept mistake. Taylor, Taylor, Taylor Heineke. Um and then he made the decision, oh, I'm going back to Taylor Heineke. And then he changes to Sam Howell because guess what? The organization got in his ear, just like Joe Shane got in Brian Dayball's there and said, look, this is the situation, Ron. We don't need to see. We know who Taylor Heineke is. Mm-hmm. And they should have known he's better than Carson Wentz at this stage. By the way, that is one of the great balls in sports history. I mean, the fact that Carson Wentz has dropped to the level he has, we could do. 
a week of shows on that, but uh, they made Ron Rivera's made so many mistakes. I don't know how he survives. I don't know how he survives. And he might be the nicest guy in the NFL when it comes to head coaches. I don't want to see him fired, but I I don't know how he survives that. I'm not sure he does either. And uh, this is going to sound just crazy. As bad as Carson Wentz has been this year for the, the, the commanders, and I think Rivera woefully made a mistake in replacing Taylor Heineke when he, when he did with Carson Wentz. I wonder if they're missing Carson Wentz at all in Indianapolis. He wasn't real good there last year either, but he's better than what they put out there this year. And I know he's St. Nick here in town, and we hope he's okay because he got hurt in the game against the Giants last week. But Nick Foles was just awful, awful in the game and a half that he played. They're back to Sam Ellinger, who can't play quarterback in the NFL. There's one guy that I'll give you. Um, Gardner Minshew's better than Sam Ellinger. Sam Ellinger. Uh, not, not many other guys in the NFL that I'd say he's a better quarterback who are currently. What about Nick Mullins? You might see Nick Mullins. Yeah. Oh week. my God. You, you might see Nick you... Mullins versus Nathan Peterman. There's two. There's two. Now there's a debate. Nathan Peterman and Gardner Minshew. Those two are actually close. Yeah, as you know, we had that is Mullins. that is tremendous disrespect to Gardner. That Minshew. is that is accurate reporting on my part. Um, <laughs> And analysis. Um, you know, when Nick Nick, Nick Mullins was here, I, I just said, the guy can't play in the NFL. Why Why is he still in the NFL? He must be a really good guy or a leader. He's got to have some attribute that I don't yeah, I, understand. I don't know. I, I, I'm not nearly. Now, Nick, when he was here, uh, was coming off, uh, I think it was shoulder or elbow surgery. I forget which one. And he clearly wasn't healthy. With San Francisco, yeah, I never understood your uh, – he, he, now, uh, you know my respect for Kyle Shanahan. He can scheme people up. But he wasn't bad for a, a backup third-string quarterback. There's a lot of bad backup quarterbacks, Jody. That, that's my major Nick, point. Nick Mullins is certainly one of them. And sorry to say this, I know it's blasphemous here in Philadelphia. So is Nick Foles. What, what happened in oh, the past will never change. Years. It's, I mean, it's, it's etched in stone there. Speaking of stone, there's a stone statue outside the stadium to recognize what he did. And I am not knocking or mocking or questioning any of that. That happened. We all saw it with our very eyes. Johnny Max saw it in person. He can't play anymore. He shouldn't be. He shouldn't have been in the no, league. No, we're going to see one. Year. We're going to see one this week, probably in Tyrod Taylor. And, but you know. Uh, there's a lot of bad quarterback. Bad well, I'll take Tyrod Taylor there. over uh, uh, Gardner Minshew every day of the week and twice on Sunday. That's why I'm not locking this game up just yet. And uh, we have to hope and believe that Jalen Hurts is going to play. Much more so importance of the games to come thereafter, come playoff time. But, yeah, the, the, you talk about the journey you got to take from going from the potential number one seed to having to play probably three straight playoff road games. Sorry, we talked about it. The window being open to go to the Super Bowl this year. Holy mackerel. The window doesn't shut, but it's as wide open as can be yeah. when you're the number one oh, that, that it, Losing this game would be a catastrophe because you're not getting help from Washington. I mean, forget about that. You're not going to back into the number one seed. So you got you to gotta win this game. There's no doubt about it. You got to yep. win this game. If the Commanders don't beat the Cowboys on Sunday, 
I'm blaming Ed Kratz. It's all Ed Kratz's fault that they don't win that game because Sam Howell's not good enough to step in and play. Sorry. I, I have strong opinions on quarterbacks, and my opinion on Sam Howell was he was woefully overrated after his... Uh, Daniel Jones is one of them. Daniel Jones has turned the narrative around. Daniel Jones is... I, I'm not going to call him a trench, but the Giants are going to re-sign him. The Giants are going to give him a big deal. Um, you know... You know, that, and, and now I'm going to get myself in trouble again because I've had to put out some mea couples from Daniel Jones because, yeah, did I uh, call him on the carpet for his inabilities over the year? Yeah, I have. I have to give him credit for the season that he's had. The Giants have virtually no weapons at wide receiver, and he's still finding ways to win games. He's turning so give... Isaiah Hodgkins into a star, whatever his name is. Uh, Isaiah Hodgkins. Uh... Hodgkins, I believe it is. Uh, no, Hodgins. Uh, no, I'm not even sure either. Um, so I've had to do some mea culpas on Daniel Jones between you and me, and we got uh, Pat Leonard coming up, a giant guy, in less than 20 minutes from now it could be one of the better things that happened to the Eagles over the offseason if the Giants woefully overpay Daniel Jones. Now, if he just continues to ascend, I'm going to look even more stupid. Now, I'm with you. I think there's limitations there. But I, I do think, you know, I, I a big part of, of Daniel Jones 180 has been Brian Dayball and Mike Kafka. I do think, you know, if you're in a good position with good coaches, they can elevate you. Talked about Nick Mullen. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen. On sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. ...with Kyle Shanahan. Um, and he was able to scheme him up into doing some things. Um, and you see what Brock Purdy's doing as a third-string quarterback and just winning football games and putting up unbelievable numbers. I, I guess what? If you put Brock Purdy in Houston, he's not doing what he's doing in San Francisco. So I do think, you know, the Giants finally got it right. And that's, you know, my concern about the Giants. If I'm an Eagles fan, they got a good coach. And I don't think Cap is going to be there long because he's he's probably going to get a head coaching job soon. Not this year, but soon. I don't think he's going to be there for a long time. You know, 
they they finally got it right at 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 coach, and you know that's going to be a problem. Agreed. I think Dable's done an outstanding job. And oh, by the way, again, don't want to get too far field. We got Pat Leonard coming up. How badly did the Chargers screw it up last year? That they had Dable in their sights. That there yeah, were rumors I'm out there was all but a done deal. And then all of a sudden, Staley is their head coach. Yeah. And they had Brian Dable. He wanted that job, and something went wrong out there. I, I apologize because I don't remember what it was uh, as far as the reporting yeah. goes. But he was supposed to be their next head coach. He was supposed to be undertaking Justin Herbert for the next decade. How would, badly uh, did L.A. screw that up? Were you a Brady Bunch fan growing up, Jody? Did you watch yeah. the Brady yeah. Bunch? Oh, yeah. Remember the one where Greg became the rock star and he and he was Johnny? I think he was Johnny Bravo because he fit exactly the suit. Exactly right. He fit the he suit. He fit the jacket. Yes, yeah, that's why jacket. he was Johnny Bravo. Yeah. Well, Brandon Staley fits the suits in the NFL, what they think of a new, young, ascending head coach. Brian Dayball doesn't. Uh, that's what happened. So uh, how dare the New York Giants hire a guy who doesn't fit the suit? Is that what you're uh, telling me? Yeah. Well, the Giants, you know, you should you should be more open minded, is what I'm telling you. The Chargers, um, the Giants. Look, they've made a ton of bad decisions at coaching. They, you know, since Tom Coughlin left, they've made bad decision after bad decision after bad decision. They finally got it right. So you give them credit for getting it right this time. But they've made a lot of mistakes as well. Yeah, I mean, people make mistakes all the time hiring coaches. And with Brandon Staley, he fit the suit. You know, he fit the Sean McVay suit. Is what it is. Well, and he didn't didn't fit the suit because he's defense. The NFL is all trending toward all offensive coach. Right? You have to find that next. I'm talking about uh, the look. Coach. I'm talking about the look, not the uh, not the scheme and not the offense. Because stop. Do you really believe that an NFL team would hire a guy because of what oh, he looks yeah. like? Not not no. You're misunderstanding. They I really am. Young. Please explain. They want young energetic they want a certain type of person who who looks a certain way and i'm not talking about race or anything like that because people's jumping they want a young guy who they think is going to be there for 20 years and 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 everybody wants everybody wants sean mcbay everybody wants that type and he coached under sean mcbay and again if you ever ordered a coffee there's a and that's why i bring up the brady bunch Everybody wants that style of coach. You see it with Kevin O'Connell. You see it with Nick Sirianni, to be honest. Um, everybody wants that style of young coach. How old is Staley as compared to Dable? Uh, Brandon's. Oof, I have to look it up. He's he's in his 30s. You think there's more than five years between them? Oh, yeah. Okay. Right. Maybe, maybe it was an age thing. Whatever it was, shame on the Chargers. And the Giants benefited because Dable was still available and made a great hire with them this offseason. All right, McDonald and McMullen hanging with John Birds 365. We'll take a timeout when we come back. I want to talk about a former Eagle who got snubbed yesterday. And between you and me, it really pisses me off as far as Hall of Fame status goes. We'll touch on that next. Birds 365 coming right back. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean. 
At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Number one, Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown is rolling back prices for a December to remember. For a limited time, you can own, not lease, brand new 2023 Jeep Wranglers for only $39.95 or $339 per month. New Rams starting at only $39.95 or new Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cabs $189 per month. Zero Down can deliver. Get the price you want, the selection you need, and the VIP treatment you deserve. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, big finish sales event. that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. You got your Mac and Mac guys, Jody McDonald and John McMullen here with you on Birds 365. We're getting ready and prepped for uh, the Giant and Eagle game coming up on Sunday. Uh, to that uh, note, we're going to bring up Pat Leonard, who has been on with us earlier on Birds 365. Good dude. Does a very good job uh, covering the Giants for the New York Daily News. Covers the whole league, uh, but he, he works the Giant beat as well. And we'll see if he's reading the tea leaves correctly on what the Giants are planning on doing as to whether to rest and or uh, completely go for it in their final game uh, against Eagles. So looking forward to talking to Pat. I did see this this morning, John, and it was supposed to be released on Tuesday and they held off a day to do so um, because of the situation in Buffalo with uh, the questions to the the health of um, Mr. Hamlin who got hurt on Monday night. 
the NFL or uh, I, I guess it's not even an NFL thing. It's not the league that releases the information. It's it's the Hall of Fame. Um, the finalists for this year's Hall of Fame balloting were supposed to be released on Tuesday and they pushed it to Wednesday. They cut from 28 down to 15. There are 15 finalists, 28 semifinalists. And there were a couple ex-Eagles uh, on the semifinal list, one of which I absolutely believe is a Hall of Famer, one of which, sorry to say, I don't. And that was Ricky Waters and Eric Allen. Um, it might have been if it was Ricky's second time to make the ballot. I'm not sure about that. Um, Eric Allen has been on the ballot uh, for years. And he doesn't even make the finalists. He got cut again from the semifinalists to the finalists to cut down from 28 to 15. Eric Allen did not make the cut of the final 15. Now, making a cut of the final 15 doesn't guarantee you getting in. But Eric didn't even make that cut. Um, I have less of a grasp of how the voting populace of the Hall of Fame for football works more so than I do for baseball. Um, what am I missing? Am I just looking at it through eagle-colored glasses that, in my mind, Eric Allen is an unquestioned Hall of Famer? And not only is he not getting in, he's not getting close. What am I missing out on here, Johnny Mac? A little bit, to be honest, a little bit. Um, I think it's Eagles colored glasses. I, you know, I think it's one thing, you know, Zach Thomas, who's a finalist. I, I think I saw our buddy Mike Tanier. He always said, because I've heard the same thing. So I kind of laughed out loud. He said, you know, everybody complains. And somebody was on there saying, well, London Fletcher should be in the Hall of Fame ahead of Zach Thomas. And, and Mike, heard the same thing I heard. Every city's got its linebacker. They all love, they all love a linebacker. Um, I, I, the two things with Eric Allen, I think one thing, one is uh, the farther you get away um, from your playing days in the prime, I do think some things get lost in translation. I think he's a borderline candidate. Um, so that's part of it. Um, Part of it is, you know, yeah, Eagles colored glasses a little bit. Um, you know, he's not Darrell Rebus, for instance. You know, there there are certain guys who are slam dunk Hall of Famers. They're just so dominant at their particular positions. And I bring up uh, Rebus, not because you're a Jets fan, but because, you know, he's uh, first ballot and he's going in. I mean, he's he's that he was that dominant of a player in his era amongst his group, Joe Thomas, similarly, uh, I think this year, first ballot slam dunk. Um, so there are different level and, and there's is he that type of slam? No, not even close. Um, then there's the, the statistics thing and, and God love Rube, <laughs> Ruben Frank, our buddy from NBC sports world, that'd be a big stat guy. And, you know, you have these, and Jeff Kerr does it for us. Uh, you have these, you know, stand, and you can move them and say, well, he's the only player to do this, and he's the only player to do that. And a lot of it is longevity, which is part of being a good player. But I think for the Hall of Fame voters, and we've had tons of them on this show, we've been lucky enough, starting with Paul Domowitz, our own uh, at Jacob Sports. and But we've had, you know, John McClain, and we've had, D. Orlando Ledbetter, so many. You know, Gary I, Myers I, been on with a bunch. Gary of Myers, Ira Kaufman's been on with us. Um, so many, and I don't. Uh, I'm leaving people out. 
and you know i've talked to a bunch of them over the years and they're they're really focused on dominance and being at the top of, of of your position group in your era and that's what makes hall of famers and then you could start to talk about the longevity aspect in the you know for you as a baseball guy the stat compiler you know does Harold Baines belong in the Baseball Hall of Fame? I would argue no, but he had, he's got great stats. You know, he stuck around a long time. He he, he, re- he really doesn't. He had a he had a bunch of buddies that were on that committee that year that well, uh, pushed you know him what through. I mean by stat compiler. I mean, there's tons of them in the Hall of Fame, and you have that argument of of, of longevity versus dominance. And I've always been in the camp of dominance, like Terrell Davis. I have no problem with Terrell Davis being in the Hall of Fame. A lot of people do, because very short career. But at, at the height of his career, you know, I, I often joke about John Elway. He was losing Super Bowls when he was great. When he was winning Super Bowls, he was getting carried by by Terrell Davis and and and, and that team. And, people, and it gets lost in translation. Uh, all they see is, oh, two Super Bowl rings. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's my explanation, but you know, he's, he should be in the conversation. Um, I don't know if there are any other cornerbacks, I forget, uh, who made the finalist. So no, I think, I think Darrell was the only one, but uh, I, so I'll use Darrell. I mean, they're not close. They're not close. You know, one's a slam dunk and, and. One's not. Yeah, now I'm going to get killed, and he's the one guy because he's a jet guy. You know, I feel strongly about Darrell Reeves. He's a Hall of Famer too. But as far as your overall point on Hall of Fame, why did it become an either-or thing, a black or a white thing, a get to one side of the argument or the other thing? Why can't a guy deserve Hall of Fame status, even if his career was cut short because of injury, but he was stone cold dominant like Terrell Davis, or? Yes, you put compiling in a certain light, in the light that it should be, at least my opinion. That's a positive. If you're good enough to stick around in a sport, whatever sport you're talking about, where they're trying to churn, where they're trying to get younger. Shoot, you just told me that's what they do with coaches. Because Brandon Staley is seven years younger than Brian Dable. That's why he got the job in Los Angeles. Rather well, than looks, Dable. He, which, he, he, looks, he looks 15 years younger. <laughs> seven. I looked it up. Seven years difference yeah. between the two guys. No, I said, but Everybody's he looks Everybody's always looking years. for younger, newer uh, get the young blood. Oh, in there's there. a lot of ageism. There's no question about it. And and, and a guy like Aaron Al- Eric Allen, who after he left Philadelphia was good with New Orleans, was good with the Raiders. That's a positive. That shouldn't be looked at as oh, you're just compiling. You're just sticking around. You're just putting up numbers. It really doesn't matter. Bullshit. If you're on a roster, if a team still thinks you're good enough, they're putting you out there every single week, even at your quote unquote advanced age. That is a positive, as far as I'm concerned. And guys should get credit. Well, for there's it, a lot of guys. I mean, held you, you got to, and, and those guys have a very difficult job. And you know, I'm the first to say because I, I'll be the first to tell you. I look at some of the names on on the modern list on on the uh, amongst the modern players, and I say to myself because I have a bias the other way. I have a bias towards the older players, the older generation. Like the 70s guys, you know, those guys are legendary to me. The Steelers, all the Steelers in the Hall of Fame, all the, you know, all the great teams, all the, all the, there were, there were dynasties 
in, in the seventies, cause it was different and you could keep guys together. There was no free agency and he had all these legendary teams. I have to check my own bias cause I'm always biased towards those guys. Um, and I start looking at this year and people say, you know, there's are certain guys I write that, like I said, Rebus and Thomas, there are certain guys like a Tory Holt. I look at and Andre Johnson and they're great players. Right. And I say, I, I, I don't, you know, I don't, I just don't look at them as Hall of Famers. I just don't. Um, and so I got my own biases. Um, and, and it's a very difficult uh, transition. And that's why they focus on all pro nods and dominance and, and, and things like that. And I think for the most part, they do a good job. Um, I think he's a borderline candidate. If he gets in eventually, it wouldn't surprise me. If he doesn't get in, it wouldn't surprise me. I think he's there's certain guys that are borderline candidates, and he's he's one of them. And let me give you one more thing. And well, Pat Leonard's going to be here in a second. Uh, we're looking forward to talking to him. Another thing that bothers me about the Hall of Fame process, and yeah, I'm more in tune with the baseball one than the football one, but I think I got a pretty good grasp on the football one. Albert Lewis, who has been on the ballot for 20 years, has not been a finalist like for a decade, somehow got the nod as a finalist this year because it's his last year on the ballot. And if he doesn't, he too will transfer to the uh, veteran status. And oh, by the way, Joe Coleco up for veteran election this year. Please let that happen. Two guys I feel most strongly about, Joe Coleco and Eric Allen. Maybe Coleco gets in, Allen gets shafted again. Um, Albert Lewis wasn't as good a cornerback as Eric Allen. But because it's his last year, I guess I have to root for Albert Lewis uh, as well because then I'm going to make sure and double-check when Eric Allen's last year is. Because if that's part of the way that they elect these guys, and I disagree with vehemently, if you're a Hall of Famer, you're a Hall of Famer, you should get in. If you're not, you shouldn't. You shouldn't get in just because, oh, your status is at, uh, close to an end. Uh, but Albert Lewis is uh, the other cornerback. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't put him in. I, I wouldn't put him in. I, my, my standards are very high for Hall of Fame. I don't think it's the Hall of Very Good, the old cliche. Um, if, you, if you force me to, 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 to say both of them, I wouldn't put either of them in. To be honest, yeah, I, I put Darrell. I, I put Darrell Revis in. <laughs> I put Revis in, but I also put Eric Allen in. All right, uh, coming up next, Pat Leonard for the New York Daily News. Oh, he's good at reading the tea leaves. He's good at reading between the lines. He's going to tell us exactly what Brian Dable is going to do as far as who's going to play against the Eagles on Sunday, or at least we're going to ask him. Pat Leonard, New York Daily News, joins us next here on Birds Three Sixty Five. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, We've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. 
Number one, Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown is rolling back prices for a December to remember. For a limited time, you can own, not lease, brand new 2023 Jeep Wranglers for only $39.95 or $339 per month. New Rams starting at only $39.95 or new Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cabs $189 per month. Zero down can deliver. Get the price you want, the selection you need, and the VIP treatment you deserve. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, big finish sales event. that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. With Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. to Giants Eagles coming up on Sunday and a couple weeks ago when the Eagles put a 20 plus point beat down on the Giants didn't look like the Giants were going to be the ones who didn't have to sweat this game look like the Eagles and it's the exact opposite Eagles needed Giants don't here to give us a giant perspective as a guy who covers them day in the day out for the uh, New York Daily News his uh, podcast uh, talking ball with Pat Leonard a good listen for you football fans out there as well Pat Leonard here with us on uh, Birds 365. So did Jody. you get to take the week off since the Giants really don't have to win this game? <laughs> yeah, you don't have to show up at the uh, cut. Uh, go ahead, Leonard. Take an extra week off after the holidays. <laughs> yeah, right. Jody and John, thanks for having me. Hey, listen, we've been waiting for, for playoff football for so long around here in New York, New Jersey, that it's it's just gearing up now. I mean, you, you guys true. know being in Philadelphia, uh, it's essentially an annual ritual right now with what the Eagles have been doing. Um, but you know, obviously, like you said, it's kind of flipped on its head, what we expected this week to be, but with the tragedy that happened in Cincinnati and Buffalo with the NFL's uncertainty about the schedule. And then with the giants being in the playoffs and the uncertainty of who they play and who they don't play against Philly, man, no breaks here. No breaks here, Jody. Yeah. Uh, it, in a lot of ways, that's tougher for you, Pat. Uh, We've been through this here in Philadelphia last year and last year it was crazy because 
the COVID rules were still in effect last year. So the Eagles manipulated that and sat down 12 players and it didn't work for them because they got blitzed in Tampa Bay in the playoffs as the seven seed. But I got to tell you, you know, Brian Dayball was fired up rightfully. So after clinching the uh, playoffs postseason, yeah, we're going to play. We're going to play Joe Shane getting his ear a little bit and say, "Uh, come on, come on, buddy, tone it down. Yeah, I think you hit that right on the head is that it's not just Dable making this the decision. Joe Shane, the, G, the GM, he and Dable collaboratively make their decisions on the roster, on the game day roster, which is a little bit more like a baseball, uh, an Major League Baseball team now would be arranged as far as their bureaucracy is concerned rather than an NFL team, though obviously it's becoming a little bit more common. Um, one thing Dable said after the game that should be clarified too is, it was misrepresented a little bit out there that he said he was going to play his guys. He was asked, is there any thought to resting guys? And he said, no. And then somebody followed up and said, are you saying you're not going to rest guys or you just don't want to think about it right now? And he said, I'm not thinking about it right now. So he was essentially saying like, I'm not making that call today. Um, Talking to him, talking to the players, you know, Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, guys like that. They're guys who like to play, want to play, but, I'm going to tell you right now without knowing for sure, I think they're going to sit a lot of guys. It's going to be hard, I think, for the Giants to do that because of how much they hate the Eagles. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that, and like you said, it doesn't always necessarily work out. But when I asked Brian Dable at the start of this week, I said, listen, in 2007, Tom Coughlin played all his guys against the Patriots. Obviously, it was a unique situation. Patriots were undefeated, integrity of the game and all that. But I asked him if this, I mean, that's a huge part of Giants franchise lore. And you have the same ownership. And he said, well, every year is different. And so, you know, the way he answered that question to me sounded like he was saying, I get where you, I get where you're going, but we have to worry about what we're doing. And then there's the all important hedge position, which <laughs> is like an exhibition game. You get your starters out there, you get them some reps, you let them feel good about getting dressed for a Sunday and mindset and everything else. Yeah. And at some point you go, yeah, yeah, no, 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 off the field. Uh, take off the shoulder pads. Now we're not risking you anymore. Um, is there a better chance than that happens? A better chance that they play the whole game? A better chance that the key five or six guys aren't even dressed or active for Sunday? Where mm-hmm. do you fall on the in the middle? Play it more like a preseason possibility. I would say if you see a guy out there for a brief time, like a preseason game, I would almost wonder, and I'm actually doing reporting on this right now, if it ha- if it's incentive-based, if they're trying to do right by a guy. Because I think just in and of itself, like let's say playing Daniel Jones for a quarter, to me, makes no sense. Like I think you either play him or you don't. Um, and I think guys like Jones and Barkley, who not only have had injury problems in the past, but also now are making strong arguments to be a part of your future – I'm not sure if after getting through the 17 weeks, it would be smart to put them against one of the best teams in the league and say, you know, stay on the field for us another week. You know, I'm not sure. I would say guys like Daniel Jones, Saquon, Andrew Thomas, the left tackle, Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams on the defensive line. Um, I think all guys like that, and that's just a few of them, but I would say there's a bunch of guys like that who I do not expect to play at all. You're right though. There's a chance that Dable views this as let's keep guys legs warm. And Jody, I would say this and and John, like, I mean, it looks like the the games are going to happen as scheduled. That's what the NFL said as of Wednesday, 
but you think if they are going to make some kind of last minute drastic change to the schedule, or if that's a possibility and you're going to push games back and then the playoffs are going to fall back another week and that kind of thing. I don't know if it's going to happen, but if you rest guys, now they're going, let's say two weeks between playing a football game or really three weeks. Um, Not that that's going to happen, but I think that has to be in your mind if you're Dable when you're approaching this. Yeah, that's a good point, Pat. I hadn't considered that. I would think the teams have a better feel. Certainly looks like the NFL is going to stick status quo, maybe go winning percentage. And if anything, I, yeah. I saw that wacky, you know, maybe play the NFC wild card games and and play the Bills Bengals. I don't know if you saw that floated out there. Yeah. Uh, and then postpone the AFC wild card to the next weekend. And then you kind of flip everything and skip the bye week up to the Super Bowl. I don't think that's going to happen. I do think they're going to play this weekend, though. And the Giants probably have a good feel for that. I would think the league teams have a better feel for that. Certainly here in Philadelphia, Eagles, they think they're playing. So I think I think to your point, if we don't find out today that anything's changing, like you you can't you can't announce on Friday that Sunday's games aren't happening. Right. Like So it's either going to be a decision today or we're full steam ahead. Yeah. Um, As a whole for the Giants, and you bring up Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley, great stories, great bounce backs. And you mentioned their future um, because that's a big thing. Is that a difficult decision for the Giants from the from the perspective of. You know, these guys have done it this year, and Brian's done a great job and he's in the mix for coach of the year, deservedly so. Is there any thought maybe it's fool's gold, though? Uh, not with Barkley. Barkley, it's about position more than talent. Obviously, we all know the talent. But with yeah. Daniel Jones, you know, we've seen a lot of bad football. Now we see a little bit of good football. Yeah. No, you, John, you're right on the mark with with seeing that. Uh, so the difference, there's a lot of differences between Joe Shane and Dave Gettleman. But one of the most refreshing and interesting and meaningful ones in this context of your question is he and the Giants is the best that I can understand. They are not allowing their success this season to cloud their decision making and their recognition of what they actually are. And, you know, I think teams like Howie and the Eagles, Les Snead and the Rams over these years the best GMs know what their team is and know what their team isn't. And if you don't realize that and figure that out first, then everything you do after that could be following or taking you to the wrong conclusion. And so when you look at Daniel Jones and Saquon, are they encouraged by their performance? Yes. Are they looking to bring both back? Yes. But does that mean it's a blank check and we're not going to investigate all possibilities and we're not still considering what the best opportunity is for us everywhere. No, like they are, they are keeping their options open. I do think Jones has earned the right to be their quarterback. Definitely next year, they have one franchise tag to use. Who do they use it on? Do they use it on Daniel? Do they use it on Saquon? You know, do they pay Daniel long-term and tag Saquon? To me, that would be the more prudent decision if you're confident in both because a running backs are running back. And frankly, even though Saquon's a talented player, I look around the league and I see guys like Nick Chubb, Austin Eckler, what Miles Sanders did for the Eagles this year. Um, I think it's been said a lot how replaceable good running backs are. That doesn't mean they're not talented, but 
you know, I, are you paying Saquon more than Austin Eckler, who is a better running back week to week, more productive? I mean, I don't know. I mean, that's those are the questions you have to ask. I think Joe Shane will be reasonable and uh, realistic on those decisions. Some very interesting conversations after the season, but they want to finish the season. Going to be in the playoffs for the first time in a long time. So yeah. the Giants trying to stay in the moment. I understand that. In the moment, how have they? been able to do what they've done with the wide receiver room that they have that's one of the reasons why i got to give daniel jones credit this year and my mayor culpa is because i called him a bottom 10 quarterback in the nfl who are these guys uh and and they're they're no one's having a thousand yard year but they're guys that are making big catches and helping them win get rich where is richie james from i don't even know <laughs> hodgins where did hodgins hodgins they got hodgins from buffalo He's yeah yeah so that. i'll start with hodgins because i was actually just talking to his trainer yesterday a guy named bert wiggum and bert works with gabe davis and hodgins was in buffalo with gabe davis with stefan diggs and listen, everybody always touts their guys, but it sounds like Hodgins is the kind of guy who had some talent, but Buffalo was so stacked at receiver, he couldn't get on the field. And with a team that was trying to build and win a Super Bowl, they needed guys who could play special teams as well right away, productively and consistently on their current roster. So that's how he finds his way to the Giants. But the Giants, with with uh, Joe Shane having known him from Buffalo, they knew what he was capable of. And Hodgins actually trained with Gabe Davis this offseason, puts on some weight, because you can see he's he's 6'4", but he's wiry. So he put on some weight, and he can get open. I mean, he is the biggest surprise of all of them. Darius Slayton, he got them through the toughest part of their year. Really a mentally tough guy. I mean, he's basically been their leading receiver now, I, I think, yard, by yards for three straight years. And at the beginning of the year, they were trying to trade him. They considered him a replaceable piece. They didn't really give him a shot. Frankly, Dable and Shane, I think, misevaluated the guy, and he proved them wrong. So good on him. Um, and then Richie James. Yeah, you, Jody, I mean, you hit it on the head. This guy, not only did he come out of nowhere, former 49er, kind of bounced around, really a special teamer who they saw as a, a slot receiver that could get them through until the rookie Wandale Robinson came of his own. Robinson obviously got hurt and James also had two concussions and had the big fumbles that cost him the game in Seattle. So not just did you know, did you expect really little of him at the beginning of the year, but even given the way most of the season went, the fact that James is going for like seven or eight or nine catches in, in all these games and scoring in so many of these weeks is mind blowing. Um, yeah. And the final thing I would add is Daniel Be Bellinger, the rookie tight end, uh, still a developmental player, but definitely a better and more valuable player than anybody who's been able to play underneath him when he's been out. And Daniel Jones clearly trusts these guys. He trusts them. Yeah. And with Hodgins, uh, you know, to me, and I've only seen him play a little bit, but Seems like a really good route runner as well. Maybe that's Diggs' influence because nobody runs routes better than yeah. Stephon well, Diggs. and it sounds like it sounds like the routes that he runs well were Diggs's routes in Buffalo. So yeah. he's not getting on the field to run them, <laughs> right? And yeah. So that's where that that's how. So that sometimes you just need an opportunity. He's played. I've been really impressed with him. But you know, talking to you, Pat, I hear some of these names, and you're talking about. You know, I, the Giants haven't been good for a while. You know that better than anybody. And we talk about Daniel Jones and Saquon all the time. But, you know, 
Dexter Lawrence, you mentioned, Leonard Williams, Kayvon Thibodeau. Now Xavier McKinney's back. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, this team's got some pretty good players. Uh, you wake up. You're bad for a while. You wake up. I said this about the lines as well. You're drafting highly, and all of a sudden, you got a bunch of good players. You brought up Thomas. and Evan Neal hasn't played well, but he's got a ton of talent. Yep. All of a sudden, you start to think, wow, uh, maybe something's cooking here. Yeah, this NFL build on parity, you know, so Daniel Jones, sixth overall pick, Andrew Thomas, fourth overall pick, Kayvon Thibodeau, fifth overall pick, Evan Neal, seventh overall pick, Saquon Barkley, second overall pick. And some sometimes all it takes is to, you know, put it in the pot and stir it in the right way. And suddenly you say, wow, look at all these first round picks we have on our field. We're actually not that bad. Now, you guys know that the NFC East caught a break in playing the AFC South this year. Yeah. So that's part of the reason for some of these wins. But not only did the Giants beat a bunch of teams that could be or will, you know, could be in the playoffs like Baltimore is in Green Bay, Jacksonville. Um, but I think I think they're a better team than the than the Vikings. Like it, if a Dory Jackson comes back, their top corner, who I don't think he's going to play against the Eagles. We'll see. I'm not sure. He was limited in practice. Um, but if he comes back and can play and try and limit Justin Jefferson a little bit when they if they play the Vikings in that first round, I think they win in Minnesota. In fact, I don't have any. Well, they should have won last time. To yeah. your point, I mean, it was a 61-yard field goal by a bad kicker. He usually doesn't, uh, <laughs> you know. So that was a that was a, a little bit of bad luck from the Giants' perspective. But then Minnesota lost two offensive linemen uh, last yeah. week. So. You know, they're, they're going to play a center. They got up the street this week. I'm with you, and that's why I say if the Giants play this game to win, I, that's the first time I'm going to criticize Brian Dayball. Because <laughs> they're, they're sitting there. They got an upset brewing to get to the divisional round, and who would have said that? I want to keep everybody as healthy as possible. No doubt. That's why, the, to me, the the one I, – I agree with, and I think, I think they will sit, guys, but – I'm so fascinated by, so listen, you guys know the Giants and Eagles hate each other. The Eagles have just been beating the Giants down like repeatedly. I mean, they've won 10 of the last 12. They lost to Washington a couple years ago to keep the Giants out of the playoffs. They just beat the Giants so bad at MetLife Stadium. Can I say this, that Saquon Barkley and all the Giants were saying, we got our ass whooped. And I've, I can tell you this. I've never heard the Giants, as bad as they've been all these years, I've never heard the Giants players after a game admit that a division rival was so much better than them than after that game a few weeks ago. I mean, it was it was crazy. So not only that, they know that if they win this game, they can damage or they can damage the Eagles' chances of getting the one seed or prevent them from getting the one seed. So I just wonder when John Mara's sitting there talking to Joe Shane and Brian Dable how much he's kind of rocking in his chair a little bit and saying, yeah, but could we just beat them? You know, this this, this is Philly we're talking about here, right? We're playing Philly this week and we're talking about pulling in the oars on the boat. Yeah. Mr. Mara may have a different look at it. You're right. I I do need your take on this because I thought this was going to be a bigger story than it turned out to be. And I understand why it hasn't because of what transpired on Monday night with DeMar Hamlin in, in uh, Cincinnati. Mm Mm-hmm. Kayvon Thibodeau this past week sacks Nick Foles and he goes to snow angels on the ground and Nick Foles is lying there next to him shaking. I don't know if he's convulsing, but he's there on the ground shaking next to him. 
Yeah. And Kayvon says after the game, well, I didn't notice that he was lying down. He's about a foot and a half away, but he said he didn't notice him. So it's straining uh, believability to begin with. But even if I give him the benefit of the doubt, so be it. He goes to the sleeping sign on the sidelines that yeah. he put Nick Foles to sleep. That's really not good. That's a bad. Uh, forget about optics. That's just wrong. And I thought it was going to be a big story, but it was usurped by an even bigger story. Well, no. Uh, to your actually, um, I'm not sure if you saw his latest comments to me and a couple others um, yesterday, but after just Saturday ripped Kayvon Thibodeau in Indianapolis, he said it was a tasteless trash celebration. We asked Kayvon on Wednesday at the Giants what his response would be to Saturday. And he said, I don't even know who he is. And he he reiterated he hopes Nick Foles is okay. But he defended very publicly the idea that he's allowed to celebrate. And he said, I, I, do, I don't want to hurt guys, but I'm paid to be a savage and sack quarterbacks. I hope Nick Foles is okay. It did not strike the tone, I think, that – you know, the Giants were hoping for that you would have expected. Um, again, Kayvon did say he didn't know he was injured at first. He said of the go to sleep sign, he said that he hadn't looked back to see that he was hurt. He was oh, doing that. He went he there fought. twice. He did. He really went there twice. He's laying a foot and a half away from him and he didn't know he was hurt. Oh. And he didn't look back. He got up and and never noticed that there was a quarterback being helped up off the field. Really, and Jody, Jody, to your point, like the cart. By that point, the cart's on the field. Stop it. And, yeah. and even yeah. like I saw Julian Love actually say something to Kayvon as they were leaving the field after the celebration, which I would I didn't ask Julian this yet, but I would have to think it was something about him, hey man. You know, um, but you should go take a look at the quotes and the video from Wednesday because. I really think that this story might, to your point, it should be a big story. And I think it's going to keep being one because I have a good feeling that Jeff Saturday, six-time Pro Bowl, two-time All-Pro, Super Bowl champion, when Kayvon Thibodeau says he has no idea who he is, find a hard, I find it hard to believe Saturday won't respond to that. <laughs> yeah, he might. But I, you know, the, the one thing I do believe uh, from what Kayvon said and handled this situation he probably doesn't know who Jim Snyder is. <laughs> I mean, I've talked to yeah, I know you, Pat. I've talked to so many young players, and yeah, they, 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 you know, a lot of them don't pay attention to the history of the game. I mean, they they it's us. It's like, what you don't know who Jeff Saturday is? That's right. kind of not I believe that. I, I don't know if it's true, but I believe that. All right, so oh, let no, me ask let me right. ask both of you a question. Yeah, uh, and, and it's specifically directed toward Kayvon, but young players in the NFL in general as well. It was a pretty damn big story seven weeks ago, whenever it was, when Jeff Saturday got the job. Not because he was Jeff Saturday, former great, uh, cult, uh, former cult friend of the... No, it was a big story because it was a guy who wasn't coaching, who was on ESPN, and they just throw him in as the head coach of an NFL team. And it's talked about on the NFL Network day in and day out other media outlets and like Kayvon Thibodeau and other young guys around the NFL, just so blind to what's going on in the league. Are they so narrow focused on their own job and their own team that they don't know about major breaking stories around the league? Is that true? That, that is a, that is a thing. I mean, wow. it's yeah, not every is... guy though. It's not no. a blanket statement. No, for sure. no, it's not a blanket statement at all. I can tell you right off that veteran player, Fletcher Cox does not watch football. 
He does not watch football. He tells me all the time. People ask him, I, I don't watch, but I don't want, I, I, he wants to get away from football when he's not doing it. It's his whole life. It's encompassed his whole life. And that's a veteran player. Right. Pat's right. Not everybody. There's a lot of guys who love the game and they sit and they watch and when they have some time, but there's a lot of players. You'd be surprised, Jody. There's a lot of players who are like, well, I, you know, I got yeah. my job. Yeah, I, you, I could see not getting in the weeds like Pat Leonard does, like Jody McDonald, like John McMullen does. But it, it's like the biggest story. In the, how the hell did they hire a guy off an ESPN stage to be the head coach? Of, guys are oblivious to that. Yeah, I'm. I'm sorry. I just I don't get that. I, that's my bad. I apologize. No, that's not your bad. They they should. I mean, listen, especially because you have to think at the start of the team meeting when they're playing the Colts. Brian Dable is at least like, listen, here's the head coach. Here's the way he coaches the team. Here's the style of play. Okay, now we're yeah. going to break up offense and defense. I mean, so, you, you know, there's probably, I would think that'd be said at least once in yeah. a week. And I don't know Kayvon, but uh, like, you know I like Kayvon a lot. I like yeah. Kayvon a lot. He's a good guy. But uh, yeah, Jody, you'd, you'd be surprised at how many guys are like yeah. that. Landon Collins yeah. is like that, doesn't watch football. Yeah, yeah. Hey, and few. that's a great story. Talk about a guy coming out yeah. of nowhere. Landon played on well. The street. And he stepped up these last couple of weeks. Give Joe uh, Shane credit for that one because he was persona non grata when he left the Giants, and now he's back and a key contributor for him going into the playoffs. Yeah, and you know what happened there was when he got here, like he looked at me like the first day. I I can say this now. He looks at me. I said, are you ready to play? He goes, ah, man, I'm like 10 pounds overweight. (laughs) And, (laughs) you know, he came here. He was happy to have a job back at the team that where he knows people. They trust him. He trusts them. But then they gave him a ramp up and they put him on the field for a little bit for a couple of weeks. But really, he did a lot of conditioning and training work to get into game shape and to learn Wink Martindale's playbook. And you're right. I mean, you know, you lose you lose appreciation. And you guys know this, too. Like you lose appreciation sometimes for guys who can just line up a guy and tackle him when it's one on one. And you, but and, and until you watch a defense where guys where people are slipping off DBs and they're going to the house, and Landon Collins punishes people if they don't know he's coming. Yeah, and he's been playing linebacker quite yeah. quite a bit, hasn't he? Uh, yeah, Landon which Collins. he which he was publicly upset about in Washington when they moved him to linebacker. He came out and said like I don't want to do it. Yeah. And um, but the Giants have him. I think part of the reason they're able to get him to do it. Well, first of all, if you ask him about playing linebacker still, even though he's doing it, it's not like he's going to say he's okay doing it. Like he will always see himself as a safety. Um, but Wink Martindale, I think sells these guys on the hybrid positionless defense yeah, yeah. mindset of it. And so then when you're playing some plays in a safety look, some plays in a linebacker look, I think it enables a proud guy like Collins, for example, to say like, Oh, I'll just play this role. Cause it's not like I'm, just a linebacker, even though that is what he is, you know. Last one from me, Pat. I want to. You brought up Wink. I I want to talk about Wink because I think he would be an Eagles fan dream coordinator. I mean, he's blitzing. He's coming from the buses. You know, play one. <laughs> yeah. We talked about that Minnesota game with the sixty-one yard field goal. That's some of the bad they gave up. That I think it was a little screen, a little bubble screen, whatever they ran. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, they're in a position to try that field goal. You know, maybe if you play cover two, you know, you get to overtime, who knows what happens. So there's a give and take, you know, is Wink too aggressive? What, what's your thought process there? 
No, I think uh, you're right. That call against Minnesota backfired. They blitzed on the one side. Minnesota throws the bubble screen on the other side and then blocks it up perfectly, gets in range. The Giants still they still thought they tackled him out of field goal range, and then he makes a 61-yarder. Um, but, no, I think, John, first of all, this is how Wink coaches, and I do agree with his idea. He said this after that loss. He said, you know, I'm. Uh, this is how we play. I'm not going to apologize for it. And I do agree with coaches when they get in certain positions, they say, man, if I'm going to get fired and go out, I'm going to go out doing it my way. And so I, the more I'm around the game and pro sports, that the more I do agree with that idea. But the other thing is just he is concealing a lot of weaknesses by blitzing and creating pressure. And also for a lot of the season, and now the Philadelphia Eagles don't usually have this problem of not being able to get to a quarterback with a four-man rush. Yeah. But the Giants have had a huge problem with that for years and years and years. And not until Aziz Ojolari got healthy did they have a four-man rush with Thibodeau, Ojolari, Lawrence, and Williams where they could actually get to the quarterback in a fairly regular way and disruptive way with four. And not to mention their back end has been hurt and also has been insufficient. And so does he blitz too much? It's going to backfire sometimes, but frankly, I mean, if he played the Jonathan, Jonathan Gannon sit back in a soft coverage and keep everything in front of you, I mean, the Giants would get killed. Um, and the Giants do, or, or the, yeah, and the, the Giants do do some of that. Their priority is above all else, don't give up the 80 yard touchdown over our heads. So sometimes you will see them go into that shell and give up something underneath just to prevent, you know, the AJ Smith, the AJ Brown or the Devontae Smith of the world getting over top of them. But, uh, no, I think, I think they like how, how he coaches and I think it's been the right tone for them especially for a team that had no confidence coming into the year. It's kind of added confidence. I think he should be a head coach, guys. I don't know what you think, but I, I think he should be a head coach next year. We'll see if uh, this year's giant success affords him that possibility. All right, last thing, Pat. You're leaning toward the Giants being more protective than proactive with key positional players this year and uh, this week, and certainly Daniel Jones is one of them. And we don't know yet that Jalen Hurts is going to be able to play for the Eagles if they were willing to take the chance and to shoulder shield enough. So a Gardner Minshew against Tyrod Taylor matchup. Who's right. got the better starting quarterback? Wow. Good, that's a good question. Um, I think Taylor is the more versatile player because he can run. Um, a couple of weeks ago, he got in at the end of a game. Oh, which game was that? Uh, I'm blank. Was that the Eagles blowout? Where he where he scrambled and the defense, you could tell some of the linebackers thought he was just going to slide down after about eight yards. Yeah. And Taylor saw a gap and he just blasted right through it. You could tell the guys on the field didn't know how fast he was. And so he can he can kill you with his legs and his arm. He will give receivers and also DBs opportunities down the field. He throws the ball down the field. So I think the Giants would make some splash plays. The Eagles also might have some chances for a pick or two down the field if he plays. Yeah, he's got um, eight, eight passes this year, a touchdown and an interception. In eight passes, he's got one of each. So you're right, he does take chances. Yep, and um, I think t Taylor's the better player uh, because Minshew is more of a pocket passer. But, um, you know, Gardner is like one of those guys. Uh, Eli Manning had this quality, frankly, like 
whatever happened on the previous play does not impact what he does on the next one. Yeah. And so that could be memory of a goldfish. Unfortunately, (laughs) uh, that could be a bad thing, but it could be a good thing too. Yeah. Love that. Pat, a good thing. Whenever you join us, we know that for a fact, thank you much for doing it today. If the Eagles and Giants are playing in the postseason, if the yeah. matchups fall that way, you know we're going to call you and ask you to come back on yeah. again. That thanks for doing it today. You and got I'll see it. you that's, Sunday. That's Pat. another factor. If they give yeah. them the one seed, maybe they face them. That's right. Uh, so with this might not be done yet. Uh, the New York Philadelphia showdown. Thanks, Pat man. Leonard, the, the New York thanks, Daily News, here with us on Birds Three Sixty Five. John will see him in the press box on Sunday. All right, we'll come back. Johnny Mac, Jody Mac. You know what we need to do. Put a bow on the show. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, We've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Number one, Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown is rolling back prices for a December to remember. For a limited time, you can own, not lease, brand new 2023 Jeep Wranglers for only $39.95 or $339 per month. New Rams starting at only $39.95 or new Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cabs $189 per month. Zero down can deliver. Get the price you want, the selection you need, and the VIP treatment you deserve. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, big finish sales event. that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps.
Mack putting a bow on the show for the Thursday prior to Giants-Eagles, second time this year. Yeah, the Eagles, what was it uh, that uh, Pat Leonard shared with us that the Giants, they whooped our ass? Yeah, yeah, that's they did whoop much. their ass. They did whoop their ass. Man. That's pretty much what happened at the Meadowlands some three I got to tell ago. you, though, talking to Pat, I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I'm up on the Giants, man. They got a lot. I, I you know me. Early in the season, I, yeah, I said, said there they were weren't two even teams. trying to compete. This yeah, year. there were two teams, uh, Giants and Bears, who I thought weren't trying to compete. All of a sudden, man, I, I'm, I'm start. I always joke, you can talk yourself into anything in the NFL. Like I don't see how Minnesota beats the Giants in the playoffs. I've already talked myself into that. Seems like Pat has as well. Um, but I do think they're not playing anybody this weekend. So um, I'm not concerned uh, about this weekend. But I this is this is a better team than people realize. Just uh, the reason I asked the last question, beware Tyrod Taylor. He, he might come in and actually play pretty well for them. And, yeah, they got a no-name bunch of wide receivers that have contributed – uh, the, the Eagles are supposed to beat the Giants anyway. You slice it. There's a reason they're their 14 yard, uh, 14 point favorite. If Jalen plays, then the Eagles have to win the game. But uh, the Giants, just because they take a couple of guys out, doesn't mean they, they've played with this mentality all year. And every credit goes to the head coach, Brian Dable. They play hard, they play hard every single game, and they're going to play hard against the Eagles on Sunday. Uh, we'll talk about it a lot more tomorrow. Uh, Johnny Mac, it is Thursday. It is full practice. You are going to be allowed to watch some. What's the time frame look like? What time are you going to be down? Uh, a little bit different time? today because they kicked the coordinators back because of the uh, Tamar Hamlin situation. So Jonathan Gannon, I believe, talks at 1230-ish. Uh, Shane Steichen right before practice, uh, like 125, then practice, then locker room. Big day, big day. Big day. So we'll let you get to it. Uh, but you will be back here with me tomorrow, right? Uh, hour one. Uh, hour two likely to be Barrett or or are the great tone to Shields. To be determined. Uh, Got to get to Nick Sirianni off the record gotcha but uh, you're down there today but you will be back here tomorrow at least for hour number one with me in two and two see you tomorrow partner you've been listening to birds 365 the destination for the passionate eagles football fan who bleeds green if it's eagles football we're talking about it debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region we hope you enjoyed the show we know we had a blast make sure to like comment and subscribe and we'll be back soon but in the meantime hook up with us on social media at jacob sports see you next time on birds 365 for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.